Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are still going strong. This is the Gospel in Counseling Part 2. I'm in the studio still with Peter, Part 2. Shauna is not with us, nor is Jeremy. Peter, how you still doing? You good? I'm, st- I'm still doing good. So. All right, still doing good as 30 seconds ago. Yeah, hope, hope our listeners didn't touch that dial, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so as we were mentioning, this is Part 2 of Gospel in Counseling and what is you know the just the Gospel Counseling. And, and really, uh, Part 1, if uh, if you're just tuning in, part one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. Part one was really just establishing what is the gospel in counseling. Is it, you know, seeing it beyond just this one dimensional um, Romans road, um, crossing the bridge on a napkin sort of thing. And, and, and not to take anything away from from that, uh, that is, uh, th- those are necessary. Again, Romans 10 um, talks very, very, very clearly on that. But um Outside of that, we wanted to focus on the gospel in counseling situations. And so with that, um, Peter and I are going to continue to go through this. And again, this is part of the training that we did uh, this past Saturday. Truth Renewed is a biblical counseling training center uh, for ABC Association of Biblical Counselors. We go through the Equipped to Counsel certification, and uh, we're a training center for that. And so uh, in our current class, what we're doing right now, we actually have uh, this class and we have another class um, in Rock wall um we're doing it in Keller and Rockwall right now. Uh, two classes. Anyway, we were kind of going through this, and so we wanted to share it with you guys. And as Peter uh, mentioned last episode, just um, outside of people not having a very good understanding of the gospel, or as we mentioned in the scriptures before, a different gospel. Um, but as Peter reminded us that uh, sometimes they just need to be reminded of the gospel. And we talked a little bit about uh, just gospel drift um, in the reality of the gospel in our lives. And so again, with with that, we'll uh, we'll start here with the uh, just the gospel in counseling situations. Peter, you wanna you wanna take this? Sure. So 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 what I did was kind of just think about you know the the people that come in right and what kind of things they might be struggling with, and then what would you say right? Uh, and so this first uh, first example is is so for counselees who feel that the Christian life is too hard that they're just you know it's it's not worth it. Um, and so a couple verses uh, Galatians three eight nine talking about how uh, the gospel was preached to Abraham, you yeah. know, and there was a impl- um, there was a blessing that was promised uh, because of that. And then John ten ten, where Jesus comes to give us abundant life, um, that people sometimes they get worn out and they forget that there there is. There is a huge feast coming that we have a, you know, Ephesians 1 talks about an inheritance that we have, um, you know, and and to understand that, that, you know, keep on, right? Stay strong, keep going, move forward. It's worth it, you know? And so that that's the first example. No, that's good. And, and I would even, I would I would contribute to that too. I think that's a good point, Peter. And here's, here's a point with that, you know, in mentioning John 10, 10, that the thief, you know, comes to steal, kill and destroy. And what's interesting is people, when they come in, they're feeling done, exhausted. Life is hard. That's you know typically why they're here or seeing us, right? They're not thinking about the abundant life that Christ promised. Yeah. They're not at all. As a matter of fact, it's hard for them to think that he actually came to give them that because of what they're currently experiencing. Yep. So um, just, just remember that um, 
again, when it, when it comes to uh, gospel drift, it's, you know, when people are coming in, seeing us, you know, things that they're struggling with, uh, they're having a hard time seeing the truth of the gospel because of the of how hard life is. Yeah, life is hard even when you're not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, you know, abused or divorced or yeah. whatever it might be. It's it, life is hard. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is, and so uh, you know that that would be a good. You know, we talked about corollaries, right? Um, last last episode and just corollaries of the gospel um, and the truths of the gospel. But for for this, you know, a person who is struggling with just you know. Maybe they can't find any satisfaction in work or so they're kind of stuck and life's just hard and seems monotonous. Well, okay, what does Christ promise? So it's the benefits of the gospel that are counter to what you're currently experiencing right now. So it's just, again, just these little corollaries in the gospel that, you know, really do have real time value in what somebody's going through. So good. Yeah. So. So again, uh, the, the, for counselees who feel that the Christian life is too hard, you know that that would be some some ideas for that. And then uh, the next one, Peter. Yeah. So the next one is um, basically for counselees who worry that they need to do more, uh, you know, to be assured of salvation. They're not measuring up, um, and that that that's a terrible burden, right? Uh, because we were free in Christ. You know, we've been forgiven. And so um, Galatians 3.14 says that, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. That through faith, not through your works, you are sealed with the spirit. You know, and the spirit is the one who empowers us, who explains the mind of God to us, who transforms us. Um, and that's all through faith. That's not through works, right? And so again, to encourage those who are weary, right? Uh, to lift them up, um, to walk with them, and, and and sometimes let them lean on you, right? That's yeah. what, that's what uh, sometimes biblical counseling is. Yeah, no, that's good. The gospel says we need to forgive others. That's, I mean, the majority of the people that come in. Yeah, that, yes. <laughs> people, you know, a lot of times are bitter. You know, they've been beat up. Um, that maybe their family, when they grew up, you know, was abusive, or they're currently, you know, I, like you said earlier on the last episode, my wife and I do a lot of domestic abuse counseling, and that's hard. Uh, just really, really hard. Um, and uh, so we, we're, we're asked, we're told to forgive. Uh, others as Christ has forgiven us. Now, since I brought up domestic abuse, let me just qualify that. Uh, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation, yeah. right? Just because you forgive doesn't mean the hurt's gone uh, and there's no consequences. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Grace doesn't negate consequence. Right. Yeah. That's good. Um, and it is because oftentimes um, I was actually on a phone call today. I was talking with somebody and uh, this person will know who they are when they listen to this podcast. Um, but one of the things we were talking about uh, that he and he was asking me um, as far as what what we take, you know, into counseling, what are some, you know, what are some regardless of what somebody's going through? What are what are things that we're going to try to apply to every you know we're going to apply yeah. to everybody and the gospel's it right and it's and here's the thing once you kind of do your data gathering and you find out what's really going on with somebody you find the you know the specifics in it you find the kind of the generalities around it all all those sorts of things somewhere in the narrative there's going to be some unforgiveness there's going to be some things that need to be uh, brought to the light that need to be forgiven. Um, where, um, and I know Shauna practices, practices this quite a bit and we do this in marriage counseling where, you know, if, if we're kind of going back and forth with uh, a couple and we can kind of tell that there's, there's some 
bitterness and bitterness is the result of unforgiveness. Like they're not yeah. forgiving, you know, what's been done. So all of a sudden we'll stop and we'll, we'll bring up, you know, when was the last time you guys asked or looked or turned to each other and actually asked forgiveness for each other? Like clearly you guys are going back and forth. So you guys are taking ownership to some extent, but you keep wanting to have the other person realize that it's, it's really more on them, not me. And so in those moments where you're like, no, it, it really is about just forgiving them. What's yeah. the proverb that says, you know, to the one who, and I'm, I want to look it up, but basically it, the, the empowering, the empowerment that goes into if, if, if you've been wronged and how it's, it's at your discretion, to do nothing about it. Like you have power to like, I know I could do something about this, but I'm not going to, because you were the one that was offended. You were the one that, that something was done against and you have the power in that moment to let it go. Hmm. And, uh, and that's a good thing. And so anyway, all that to say, just the, the reality of forgiveness um, and, and that's, that's the heart of the gospel. It so. is. So let me, let me just kind of interject, uh, go down a rabbit trail for a second. No, it's so, all right. Uh, you know, I just got off of one. So, <laughs> so in, in, in every session, right. Someone comes in with a specific problem. Yeah. My main goal as a counselor is to draw them to Christ is their Christ likeness. Um, because that's real hope, right? I, I, marriage couple, you know, they come in, you could give them, you know, seven steps to communication, yep. five steps to, you know, to forgive each other. Um, you can tell them, hey, you know, take pauses, take a time out for 20 minutes, whatever, whatever. Um, but that's not real hope, right? Mm. Real hope is when they are walking with Christ even more. Um, and so that's that's my main goal. Now, obviously, you can't uh, ignore their problems, right? And yeah. that's I think that's where the the idea for this came from. Uh, this training session was that you have to be skillful in weaving the gospel in to their issue, right? As you know, you can't solve their problems all the time. Right? Yeah. Someone comes in and you can't fix the hurt that's been done to them. You can't fix the hurt that's being done to them, right? But you can draw them to the one who can fix it, right? And so that's that's my main goal. But you have to be very sensitive, patient, and kind as you weave it in. No, that's good. That's good. And I did find it, by the way. <laughs> it's Proverbs nineteen eleven. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Hmm. Like, that would be a corollary to forgiveness. Yeah. Because we've been forgiven. God overlooked the offense in his glory through his son. Like, that's awesome. Sorry. I don't, I don't need to apologize. What am I doing? That's awesome. But yeah, so forgiveness, it's a big deal. Um, and, and I think sometimes just as much as we can water down and, and take the gospel for granted, we take forgiveness for granted. We act like we, we oh yeah, I know, I know what forgiveness is. Do we though? You know what I mean? Like mm. it, give us cause to pause and really think about the, the real implications to forgiveness. And the reality of that. That's good. Uh, What's this next one you have, Peter? So uh, it's freedom in Christ, right? Yeah. So counselees who come in, um, you know, sometimes they need to be reminded they don't have to earn God's favor, right? It's closely tied to the ones we've already talked about. Yeah. But uh, Galatians 5.1, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. The yoke of slavery is sin and any other gospel, right? Don't submit to that because we're free in Christ, you know, his yoke is easy. We have a we have a God who calls us his children. And so we are. Right. I mean, Paul exclaims, you can't believe it. Right. Yeah. It is. That is earth shaking. Right. News that that we're free. We're not, um, you know, we're not out 
there. He doesn't keep us outside. He brings us in. We have freedom. Yeah. Um, and counselors so often need to know that. Uh, because they've heard mixed messages throughout their life, maybe, you know, uh, maybe bad theology, bad family, whatever. And, and they're trapped, you know, yeah. and it's we're free. Oh, that's good. It's good. You got this next one. We progressively come to experience all the blessing of the gospel. So um, you you do have uh, we, we have believers, but, you know, most of our clients are at least churched. Right. right. Um, yeah. And uh, they can be concerned about their lack of spiritual maturity, uh, that they're, they continue to struggle with the same sin, right? You get someone with addiction or depression or something like that, and they're going to they're gonna think, I should be better than this. Why am I still struggling, right? Um, and yet Philippians 2, 12 and 13 um, says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure, right? So there is a, there's a process, right? You work it out. God's working it out in you at the same time, right? So it's not like you get saved and, oh, we're instantly done, right? You know, my, 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 uh, you know, salvation testimony, so to speak, uh, is pretty uninspiring. You know, (laughs) I, I got out of bed one night. I, I prayed that, that, uh, you know, God would, come into my life that I wanted to be his, wanted to serve him, forgive my sins, and I got back in bed, right? No no change visibly or didn't even feel that different, right? Um, but God changes us over time. And that's that that is that's a blessing, mm-hmm. right? That he doesn't leave us like he fi- found us. Yeah. That he changes us. And we have to remind counselees to be patient with that process. Yeah, their lack of spiritual more maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's a good one. And really this would this this is kind of street level sanctification, you know, this mm-hmm. verse right here, you know, it's, it's God who works in you both to will and to work, um, which is interesting because the willing part is he, again, as second Corinthians t- says that we're new creations in Christ Jesus. So we have a new nature. We have new affections. I actually desire as a new believer, as a, as a, as a new creation, I desire the things of God, God's will. I desire to do good. I desire to not, um, you know, sin against him, you know, as David would say. So he's like, our will has been changed. And so our affections changed. And then as our will changes, so does our work, mm-hmm. you know, internally, but it's God who's doing that, um, in a way. And what's it for his good pleasure and for our good. Yeah. And we know it's for our good because of, uh, what, uh, what, what scripture says everywhere else. Right. right. He's a good God who desires to shower his grace on us. He's generous in ways we can't even imagine. Um, and so why wouldn't we want to draw closer to him? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So again, it would it would be a good one for counselors who you know are depressed or really about their lack of, of spiritual maturity. Um, and then again, we we talked about in the first podcast briefly. Uh, it was really more in passing, but the the reality of suffering suffering proves the need for the gospel. Uh, we've got second Corinthians four seventeen, uh, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And, uh, Peter, something you were talking about in class, uh, I'm speaking, so I'll say it yeah, for you. Please Ho- hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully I got it right. But, um, you know, you were talking about the fact that, that, uh, Paul saw fit to call this light and momentary and to somebody who's suffering and how long they've been suffering. Like if they have chronic pain, really light and momentary, mm. you know, they're not thinking that it feels like it's forever. When will it stop? And it's 
it, I can't stand it. It's consuming me. And this is coming from somebody who's been who was shipwrecked, stoned, you know what I mean, who's been through it for the sake of the yeah. gospel. Um, and and what you like, and I I added a little extra to to what you said, but but on the back end of what you were saying on that, which is good, which is the second part of this verse, that um, it's it's preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. In other words. A lot of our counselees, and when I say our, what come what comes and sees us, but but the reality is those of you and, and those of you are seeing everything that they're going through. Suffering has a purpose, and that's specific to the gospel. Like there's no other religion that has a gospel that focuses on suffering that says you will suffer, but count it joy. Right. As James would say, um, that, that, that God's preparing through this suffering, something for us in his glory that we'll, we'll get to experience it. And now at first read, like people aren't thinking that, you know, when, when they're struggling and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're focused on their affliction. Um, they're certainly not thinking it's light and momentary. So this is where, um, again, this would be a corollary to the reality of the gospel that Paul is talking about is he's, he's giving them, he's giving them a theology for suffering in this right here. Yeah. I would say, you know, as, as, as believers, as biblical counselors, we need to have a very solid theology of suffering, Yeah, you know, and there are parts of the world that probably have a much better yeah. theology than we do here in yeah. Texas. Yeah. We have it in theory. It sounds great. Yeah. It makes yeah. me feel great. But th- there are, there are brothers and sisters out there who are really struggling and they've got a much better theology than we do. Um, I do, excuse me, a lot of mission work in Romania and I've got a good friend over there who, rem- who was a young man under communism. You know, and he talks about what they went through, right, to get by a loaf of bread. But he also talks about how great the church was, mm-hmm. you know, that they would meet for three hours and just singing and praying and preaching. And so he's got a solid theology of suffering, right? And and we as counselors, we need to develop that because everybody who walks that door is suffering, right? And if we can point them to the idea that suffering is sanctification, right? It's God's will for you um, to count all joy. Now, again, this is where we have to be very careful, right? You yeah. can't you can't just you know the person, lead with that. <laughs> yeah, the person <laughs> yeah. who's got you know some yeah. kind of chronic pain yeah. condition, you can't say, oh, it's just light and momentary. You know, just wait, just wait. You know, you have to be very sensitive, uh, very compassionate. Um, but that is the message, right? That that this suffering, um, all of us go through some to different degrees, right? Is it is God working in our lives, yeah. right? That he's not forgotten us. It's actually him working. And so that, to me, it's critical that we talk about that. And I think really not just counselors, but I, th- I think the whole church needs to be understanding this. Yeah. And so again, and, and that's really good, Peter. Um, and, and so this again would be for counselors who are suffering from sin of others or simply just living in, in a broken fallen world, right? Um, there's the general sense and scope of the broken world that we find ourselves that we live in. Um, but then there's the specifics of the individuals and, and those um, in our lives over our lifetime that have sinned against us. Um, obviously, there's been some measure uh, of sin um, for a lot of people where um, it, it was severe. Um, and for others, maybe not so much, but, but, but the reality of all of that comes back and that really comes back, Peter, to what you were talking about before, and we'll get to it again. Um, but just the reality of, uh, you know, the, I call it the sushi chef, mm. sushi chef. There we go. <laughs> um, 
you know, with the cutting the blowfish, that he has to be very meticulous and, and he has to know where to cut because if he doesn't, um, it's going to poison the meat and, and ultimately somebody could die if they weren't aware of it. And obviously that would be tragic. And so is the same thing with the using your theology of suffering. You can have a, you could have a theology of suffering, but how you apply that in the counseling room, that's where that you know yep. that application gets real that's a great point right yep. i mean you could you could really do some harm yep. by bringing these verses up and yep. and um or or you could bring life yeah. to someone yeah. to help them see beyond right yeah. it's just how skilled are you yeah. uh, to do and that, that. And, that, and that's good. And that takes time you know i mean that's not a first session you're you know you're thumping them with that um they certainly need it um but there's there's certainly a point in time in mm-hmm. that. But th- this is a huge one. Um, you know, I think we're the gospel addresses sin. You know, at the, at, at face value, at, at you know, on, on the front end. But oftentimes we lose sight of the back end of the reality of suffering in the gospel. Mm. You know, and Christ technically suffered more than any any of us. And, uh, I, and I would say that I, at least around here that. Uh, I think even even the evangelical churches, we sometimes have a unstated and really unacknowledged uh, prosperity gospel bent. Right? If I'm suffering, well, why is that? That something's wrong. I, I'm being faithful. Why is God doing this? Right? That if I'm faithful and I tithe and go to church and do all these things, then I should have a good life. Life should turn out well, right? And it doesn't. Um, I mean, there was a very significant event in our lives, you know, where we obeyed God and it turned out disastrous, you know. Um, But through that, God brought us closer to him in ways we never would have experienced otherwise. So uh, it doesn't always turn up roses, you know, when you when you obey. Uh, and so that theology of suffering to say that suffering is even necessary, it is necessary because that's how God shapes us. Yeah. Um, is, mm. is critical. Yeah. That's, I keep going, I keep thinking of Proverbs, you know, mm. some of the Proverbs and it's just that last thing that you were saying where, um, you know, the cauldron and, and fire and the furnace and, you mm. know, for suffering and God tests the heart, mm. you know, like we, we don't think of it. We don't think of our suffering that way. You know? It was a bad thing, yeah, and something that to be avoided at all costs. Yeah, and I'm not saying go pursue suffering. Yeah, but if that's what God brings in your life, make sure you don't sin trying to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the point that uh, that Hebrews is making in chapter 12 too. You know, discipline. Mm. You know. Um, but it's not a. That's the thing. So th- th- there is there is correlation with suffering and discipline, and that's part of conforming us to the image of Christ. Mm. Um, so there's a lot. That could be a whole other podcast. And First Peter talks about how that's you know that discipline that suffering is is shaping your faith, and that's much more valuable than anything here on yeah. earth. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that that's that's where the gospel preaches. But you got to be pretty deep to be mm. getting there at that level. Um, and that's. But eventually that and and that's the beautiful thing about counseling because eventually you will get there. Mm. Um, sometimes, Lord willing, well, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't. But if they keep uh, coming back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, again, so this um, this really would be for um, just again the f- the fact that we live in a broken world. Um, and then you know the the next one 
is capital H hope, you know, um, first Peter one thirteen. therefore preparing your minds for action and being sober minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. And, uh, this being for counselors who are losing hope. And that's the thing that the world is not presenting. And this is actually a, a, perfect opportunity for the local church to start um, raising up biblical counseling ministries within the church because the world has been trying to act like it can offer hope, whether it's mm. through, you know, giving you more things or here we are talking about suffering, you know, where, you know, the human heart is always trying to maximize pleasure and minimize pain. Um, the world is always promising a lot whether it's through some sort of pill that, you know, will, you know, either add to or take away or, um, you know, science can deliver on some level, but it can never fully give capital H hope, which is only found in Christ. And that's, that's really at the end of the day, what we're presenting. And that's the reality of the gospel in yeah. counseling. I mean, that, that verse, you know, first Peter one thirteen is one of my favorite verses, right? Because it says, you know, think clearly about this. Okay, be be sober minded and then prepare before and plan. Think about this ahead of time. Put your hope solely on Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, even in the church, we tend to want to give hope in other places, right? Oh, your kids will grow out of it. You know, it's not that bad. It'll pass. Uh, you know, the next job will fix it, whatever. And I'm not saying all those things aren't good, but they're not where we put our hope. Um, they're not where we should put our lives. I, I use this example often um, of a load zoned bridge. Okay. So they build bridges um, and, and the architects and the engineers plan for a certain amount of traffic and a certain amount of weight to go on them. Right. Um, and so a lot of times out, you know, smaller roads, you're going to have a, a bridge that's only zoned for say 20,000 pounds or 30,000 pounds. Um and so you you take one of these big gravel trucks and you drive across it, it's going to collapse, right? And that's that's analogous to us putting our hope in something that can't bear its weight, right? Our hope cannot be in our children. Our hope cannot be in our marriage or our job or our church, right? Our activities in the church. Our hope has to be fully on Jesus Christ. Um, and that's part of the gospel, right? That only only through him do we have salvation, not through anything else. Ah, oh, that's good. That's like that's like Romans one that you know you got me thinking about all these corollaries to what we're saying. <laughs> but it's like you know what you're talking about that that you know you if if your kids are your hope, basically anything in creation is your hope. It's it's going to fail you, and that's essentially you know I mean the reality of Romans chapter one that you know the the great the great struggle for man as we worship and serve creation as opposed to the creator mm. and. And we do that so easily. Oh yeah, we 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 slip into that even as believers. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's why it takes each other to remind each other yep. to come alongside. Hey, you know what? Let's go this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that bridge is indestructible. Indestructible. <laughs> Eternal. <laughs> omnipotent. Eternally indestructible. Um, man, that's some hope right there. Um. Yeah, this next one. We're not doomed to repeat our mistakes forever. 
Yeah. What are, you, what, are you, what are you going for there, Peter? You know, you again, that's got the idea that someone comes in and they, they struggle with the same thing, you know, over and over. Why can't, why can't I fix this, right? Why do I keep acting this way towards my kids, toward my spouse, whatever it might be? Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, right? That we are new. And we're growing into that or we're being transformed and and we're not going to see it completely here ever. Right. But when we go to heaven, sin's done away with. So you're not going to be struggle with that same thing forever. You know, again, people need hope, but they need real hope. Right. Not not the here's, you know, again, seven steps to beating whatever, beating yeah. addiction or, yeah. you know, it, it is, here is true hope. Here is Jesus Christ who died to save you because he loves you so much, right? And he's going to transform you. So come to him, you know, participate in that process, be open to him. Uh, again, that that's where we can live life. You know, if we go around handing out false hope, you know, or weak hope, you know, uh, that's not going to do it. Yeah, it's just not going to do it. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so this next one, you're available because God said you're available. Yeah, valuable, va- va- <laughs> valuable. There Easy we go. For you to say, so, yeah, right, right. Um, so First John three, we we mentioned it earlier about how God calls us His children, right? He thinks we're valuable, so He calls us His children. Not just we don't just get to come in the house. Right. We get to come on up to the throne because we're his children and people need to know that there's really nothing good in me. You know, there's nothing good in you. We're, we're just a mess until God puts something good in us. Right. That the spirit comes in. He starts to transform us. And it's only because of him that we have any value. Uh, these, the self-esteem movement, the feel good about yourself. It's, it's truce mixed in with a bunch of lies. You know, it is you, you are important to God. Therefore you are important. Right. And that's, that's why we can go and we can evangelize to people because they're important to God, right? They're made in his image. Uh, we can, uh, protect the unborn. Mm-hmm. We are we are pro life because they're made in the image, right? That that God thinks they're valuable. That's why we can protect the aged, you know, and and minister to them because they are valuable. Until God decides to take them home, people are valuable. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And 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 people who who feel alone or hated by their family or society or whatever, they need to have that hope. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, and then through that, you know, the next one we have, the gospel gives us higher goals. Uh, this is good. First Corinthians fifteen nineteen. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we're all of people most to be pitied. Um, yeah, it's the resurrection. It's the reality of the resurrection. Um, Christ didn't just die for our sins, but he defeated death. He rose again. Salvation, the gospel, is threefold. It's justification, it's sanctification, and it's glorification. Uh, we will we will rise in the same way that he did, but that's not for this life. It's for the next life. And, you know, regardless of your eschatological position, uh, the the reality is, is that when when we die and and he decides to come back to consummate all things, that's when we'll be uh, reunited in our bodies as he was, uh, as he walked the earth. And uh, I love it in, in John and Luke where he he goes and he gets a fish and. 
he's eating fish and bread, mm. sitting down with the disciples. You know, um, he was digesting food. He's like saying, "Hey, look at my hands. Look at my feet. You know, still a body. You know, um, it's 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 a, it's a good reality. Um, there's there's no other truth out there, gospel truth, um, that promises resurrection. Right, resurrection where where we're still us. Yes, we're changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so counselees who come in and they're focused too much on this life, yeah. right? Not that this life is nothing, right? God wouldn't have us here if it was worthless, but that they're focused too much on winning here, yeah. you know, and what's going on here. And they're pursuing the wrong things, yep. um, you know, to pursue Christ and his kingdom, you know, the, the idea of the pearl of great price or things like that, that, it's worth everything. Oh, I thought you were talking about a Mormon book there for a second. <laughs> no, no, not that one. <laughs> yeah. So that book ain't welcome in these parts. The parable of the pearl. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but just just to to help them change their focus, and and maybe maybe it's just reminding them, hey, maybe you're getting off track, right? Let, let's let's go this way. Um, you know, I, I in my sessions, you know, I, I, I try to come alongside people, yeah. and 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 I say, let's go together. Um, let's let's both become more Christ-like through these sessions. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and this next one, you want to grab this next one, Peter? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the gospel calls us to change our behavior. So you will have counselees who come in and they don't want to give up their sin, right? Uh, they don't say that right away, but over time, you know, you start to confront them, and they're they just they're they're not ready to give it up. They like it. They like being bitter or hating somebody. Um, they like uh, their drinking or their carousing or, or whatever it might be, and they don't want to give it up, right? And and yet um, Colossians 3, 9 and 10 talks about uh, putting on the new self, the new man, right? That we're so different. We are different. We are not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are born again, uh, and we're born into a new kingdom. Uh, the Bible calls us ambassadors. We're, this is not our home. You know, we're going somewhere else. And so be different. Yeah. Act different. Um, don't act like you were. You are changed and be different. And so that's that's the gospel, right? That we're, we are saved from that past life and now we're born again into something new. Uh, and so people, you know, need to see that and they need to be reminded. Yeah, that's good. So just a quick summary on some of those things that we were kind of touching on in this episode is the gospel is for, you know, those who feel that the Christian life is too hard, those who worry that they need to do more to have assurance of salvation, those who don't want to forgive, and those who need to be reminded that they don't have to earn God's favor. Also, those who are depressed about their lack of spiritual maturity and as well as um, suffering, suffering from the sin of others and a broken world. Also, those who are losing hope, those who continue to make the same mistakes, those who feel worthless or hated, those who are putting too much emphasis, as Peter was just saying, put too much emphasis on this life, and those who want to continue sinning. Paul obviously makes that point in Romans 
you know, pretty clear. It makes yeah. it argue, you know, addresses that argumentation all too well. And as you said before, we, we just, we need to be, we need to be reminded of this, um, when it comes to gospel drift within gospel drift. Um, and here's the thing, you know, as counselors, well, we can kind of tell if somebody just needs to be re- reminded, you know, where it's just a, it's a gentle correction, a soft approach, you know, or something that they just need to be reminded versus like a, an admonishment of sin, you know, is it, is it a correction? Um, so we can apply the gospel in those different ways as well. Um, and again, we talked about, you know, the basics or the simple description of, you know, that God loves you, that sin separates you. Uh, Jesus is substitu- substitutionary sacrifice, uh, that he died in our place. And as a result, um, forgiveness was given and it was done by faith faith, excuse me, salvation by faith. And then again, talking about sanctification. And again, uh, we talked about the, um, uh, the Ginsu, uh, the Ginsu knives and the, the chef, the sushi chef or, uh, working on the blowfish. Um, and then second Timothy two fifteen uh, to kind of go along with that, to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And as Peter, uh, made abundantly clear in the first episode, and we reiterated that again in this in this uh, episode that um, we we as biblical counselors need to be handling the word of truth appropriately. You can have great theology, but it's all about how you apply that theology in the moment. Yeah, and let me just encourage all the listeners. I mean, this is not an easy task. No, it's not that, that God has called. It's an, it's an impossible task. And, and we can only do it through him. And he's the one who changes hearts, you know, and I'm using my knives to, you know, apply the gospel. <laughs> I keep cutting myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's people who, you know, that I aspire to be like uh, because they've been doing this longer and, and they are more skilled than I am. So I just encourage everybody to keep at it. Right. Don't lose heart um, and, and go to God. Uh, you know, James says, ask for wisdom. You know, yeah. And, and you'll get it. Yeah. Yeah, James one five. Ask for wisdom, um, because as we kind of alluded to, when we're suffering, we, we're not really applying a whole lot of wisdom. We're asking a lot more questions, and we tend to be, you know, operating more in the flesh when we're suffering, hmm. right? Yep. Uh, which is why we need the wisdom of Christ in those moments, uh, so that we can respond well to it. Well, thank you guys, and again, uh, when it comes to the gospel uh, for counseling, the gospel cannot be overstated. Um, it can be oversimplified. Um, but we need to move beyond that. We need to get to the place where, um, and there's several books on there. Um, and actually on our website, speak to truth.org, um, there will be some, some updates to some of the books, uh, as it relates to the gospel, um, and just books that do a really good job of kind of going into further depth on just the benefits and reality of the gospel truth. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time.